Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gateway to Cinema, the spinoff of the far more popular podcast, Reboot Already Underway. The I'm not sure if I've used this one before, Okay. but it's such a forgettable show that it's understandable. Okay. The Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, mm. the main podcast, Once Upon okay. a Time. I don't think you did. I don't think you've used that one yet. Like I said... Very forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. Did that even get a full season? Got a thir- it got 13 episodes, okay. so whether you count like, that as a full season Probably or not. the first four. It just kind of fell off. Same. Same, Same with the other show, though. So. Anyway, I am, of course, your host, Aaron Hahn, joined as always by Jacob Lacey. We're still doing this show. I know, I know Aaron said that, like, uh, yet another. We, we are still doing this show. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> We're continuing. Uh, that doesn't sound like a quote. Oh, sorry. Those, I mean, is that your catchphrase? <laughs> Just to reassure rules. the audience, no? Yeah, we're still doing it. Like, this show still exists. <laughs> no, my, my uh, quote, it's not the rules. It's not the rules of the mule, the horror mules. Very nice. Thank you. Because we are once again talking about a film from the list of 100 movies I once made for Lacey to watch. Films that are interesting introductions to the larger world of cinema. This week, for like three or four weeks in a row, we're talking about one of my all-time favorite films. So I'm very excited. Talking about Scream. Lacey? Yeah. I'm sorry. What? I just saw a really funny review on Letterboxd. For Scream? Yeah. Do you want to share it? It's way long and I don't want to use it. The okay, okay. They say it. But just know that there's funny ones. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I like this movie. I like this movie a lot. Um, In fact, we're not there yet. But this is one of my favorites of the show so far. It's up there. Very nice. I, I know I say that a lot, but this time it, it really is up there. So, just so you know. Uh, good, I'm happy. Um, Do you want to walk us through a little of your like, preconceptions yeah, with so this? So, I've seen like clips of this movie, I think. Like the bathroom scene... I had seen that in, maybe it was just on a TV once I was walking by. I didn't, like, actually watch it, but I had seen, like, the, that bit where, like, jumps out of the stall and all that. Um, right, right. But other than that, didn't know uh, too much. I uh, just went in uh, pretty blind, um, which was good. I, I think that that helped. Um yeah, I'm glad this was in a situation where you, like, you knew the answer to the mystery before going in. Yeah. I right. thought I guessed it, too, right from the beginning. And that's not even ever a thing that happens in the... Like, they never even try to make you think it's this person. Like, they kind of do a little bit. But, like, I was like, it's going to be this person, isn't it? I don't want it to be this person. Please don't let it be this person. <laughs> and then it was like, wasn't. And that was never even a thing they really even teased too much. So I'm like, perfect. Um, we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, the thing, the only thing I knew 
about this movie going in was the whole Drew Barrymore stuff. Like, I knew how that resolved itself. Oh, okay. That, that was it. Um, but I mean, well, I mean, it is one of the most iconic scenes of all time. And maybe, maybe. Are, you, are you trying to debate them? I just don't know. Like, that's one that, like, I don't know why I knew that. I think they might have offhandedly mentioned it on CinemaSins podcast or something. And They might have. And But. But I don't know. I don't know. This is a movie that, like, the only thing that I know about it is that and the, the Scream mask. So. Right. I don't know. I don't know what's iconic in this movie. <laughs> you gotta tell me that. I... Yeah, I suppose we can get into that, though. Um, but yeah, uh, really liked it. Really liked the actors involved. Super 90s movie. Very 90s. Very 90s. Extremely 90s. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. From, um, from the cast down through to the music, especially. <laughs> the end credits music was that might be my biggest complaint with this movie <laughs> i'm like why does it end like this? it's it's too spooky it's yeah why, it's why do you much. use that song it's too it's too spooky it's too much um should be a spooky skeleton <laughs> could you imagine a horror movie like a modern horror movie ending with spooky scary skeletons i i want us to write a screenplay now titled spooky right. skeletons Let's that's based on that song We're on it but it's also like the most brutal R-rated, gory <laughs> horror movie of all time. All right, we we gotta cut that for the podcast. We don't want anyone to take our idea. Like we use, we, we'll, we'll take like the Jeepers Creepers or the Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two approach and just take some song that's not scary in any respect and be like, "This is a song our villain likes to listen to now," because we couldn't think of a better title. Um. Okay, so do we want to get into um, spoilers? Because I have a lot to say, and I don't know how much else I can say about... Oh, we got to get to your... First, why you put it on the list? Yeah, real quickly, just want to say First, why I put this on the list, like a... but it's going to be quick because it's fairly evident. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've discussed many times, the slasher film, slasher genre, is my favorite genre of movie. And this is the film that revitalized that genre after, you know, it kind of went into like a tailspin of endless sequels to the main popular franchises and nothing else ever caught on whatever. This is what brought it back and the, how it both honors that like leg, the legacy and also deconstructs the entire genre. It's obviously going to be, it's obviously definitely going to appeal to me. Right. And it is very much just like a well-acted, very well-crafted, very, I think it's a very uh, tense, very terrifying uh, horror film with a solid mystery. So I think it's a very good film. And I think that the the series in general, it just really works for me. Like, whenever I'm in the mood for, like, a movie marathon of, like, movies I've seen before, want to do a marathon, it's like a rainy day outside or a lazy afternoon or whatever, it's this franchise. I don't know if I can explain exactly why, but just kind of like consuming them all in a block, even, you know, just going through the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really fun. We got to talk 
a little sit down bit. at the couch, giant bowl of popcorn, all the movies. We gotta talk a little bit about later, like how you feel about the sequels. We'll get there, I think. Well, we Scream Two is also on the list. Is it really? Yep. But I assume we'll cover that like next year. Give it some space. I did not know that. I want to watch it right now. <laughs> so, uh oh. <laughs> we'll see. Well, we'll maybe see. we won't wait until like next October then. Yeah. Um, but you're busy for the rest of the month anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yes, now let's move on. Spoilers. The spoilers. So if you have not seen the film, recommended by the both of us. And if you have seen the film or just don't care, we're going to talk about it now a little in-depth with spoilers. Yes. So is there something you wanted to address or something? I wanted to say who I did not want to be the killer. I okay. wanted them to not be the killer so badly that if they did end up being the killer, I was going to be very disappointed in the movie. I was like, how dare you? Um, it was the deputy, Dewey. Dewey? I did not want him to be the killer. I would have been That's so mad. That's kind of who I felt like you were going to, just yeah. based on your description of you didn't want them to be the killer. That's what I thought it was. I loved him. <laughs> he was my favorite. I like that. He was just very good. I love the interactions between him and his sister. Like, yeah. that is really solid. That's really good. <laughs> Mom told you that when I put on the badge, you gotta treat me like a man of law. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, I guess that's kind of what I want to touch on first. Um, is that this movie starts very slasher, and then, like, the longer it goes on, the more it becomes, like, almost just a straight comedy? Which I kind of liked about it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's that, what, like, it, it's almost like a consistent transition until, the, like, the climactic scene where you find out the big reveal, and then that's kind of a little more towards the slasher, like, serious side again, but then everything after that is super, uh, super, like, on the comedy side again. So, I don't know, I really liked that, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no. I don't know what I'm looking for there, but I liked that transition, because I thought it worked so so well and it it was done so masterfully that it didn't feel weird that it was switching into comedy by the end mm -hmm. um <clears throat> i also feel like i'm glad i was going to watch this last year <clears throat> during october but i'm glad i waited cuz now that i've seen a lot more horror movies i like understand a little bit more about the movie. And it's definitely a film that you're going to appreciate more if you are aware of kind of like the history mm -hmm. of slasher films and the conventions of the of the genre. Of the genre? Of the genre. <laughs> oh. is, is the proper Aaron's pronunciation. pretentious on us here. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one thing where I was like, okay, I get that reference. I, under, I was Captain America and... Avengers. <laughs> I understood that reference. Um, however, this is the problem I have with a lot of 90s movies. 
And I don't think it's enough. It's definitely not enough to like ruin the movie. And I think it's more just kind of like, uh, we should stay away from stuff like that because it's like this movie dates itself in a weird way. Like they said something about Richard Gere and the hamster, like that gerbil like rumor that went around for a long time. Like there's a line about that. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I barely understand what you're saying there. Like, I get it, but, like, no one's going to understand that in, like, ten years' time. <laughs> I'd be like, what are you talking about? Okay, sure. Yeah. Weird, like, referential humor. Like, I like I get it, and it totally would have worked in the time. People were probably bawling over laughing. But it just doesn't stand up very well. Yeah, I do think there is some kind of interesting aspect of this film in that it is so tied like it it holds up incredibly well but it is so tied to that kind of like specific time period Mm -hmm. especially in like the kind of you know it it deals a lot with kind of like the attitudes towards teens in that day you know when everyone's like oh we're gonna blame the movies for the violence and all that and you know both before before this movie came out and then after this movie came out, this was the movie that got blamed for various violent acts. And it's like, and the, the, the film, of course, obviously directly addresses that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Pretty, pretty blatantly. <laughs> um, that twist was handled so well about who the killer was. I think just the simple... It seems really obvious once you know it, but, like, the simple twist of that it's two people and not one is so (laughs) underlooked, I think, in a lot of ways where, like, in a lot of horror movies or in a lot of movies, they do a lot of things. They, like, want you to be scared of this one thing, but that one thing can't be everywhere at once, so they just kind of fudge the time a little bit. Like, oh, sure, they're they're here and there, it's whatever. And this movie's like, well, how is it possible that if he's here, he can't be the killer? But it's like, just add another person, and the mystery is just as mystery-ish. Right, like, every time I've, like, rewatched the film, especially that that beginning scene where we have uh, Sydney and where Billy uh, comes to visit her in her bedroom, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this dude is, like, so obviously a creep. Yeah. I'm always just like, is this mystery not as good as I remember it? Because this dude is, like, so obviously creepy. Yeah. How does everyone not guess it right away? But then as I get more into the film, and I'm like, okay, they have that whole, we're gonna have people accuse him early on, and then we're gonna immediately, you know, create that alibi, you know, dismiss those concerns. So, I, so like, every time I'm always like, how did we not guess this right away? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Because they do a really good job of making sure that you feel like he can't possibly be the killer. So right. it is a very well done mystery. Well, and they do that, but they also do it so where you're like never fully on board with him either. Like you're right, like, right. Ah. You're still constant, like constantly suspicious of him. But also like, yeah, just that simple way of, of being like, hey, they prove he that wasn't him making the calls. Also, that's another thing that's not going to stand the test of time. Cloning cells? (laughs) Like, I don't understand that now. Was that a thing? (laughs) That was a thing, yes. I mean, okay. 
I liked, I was reading like the IMDb trivia for this, and I liked the one that was like, caller, use of caller ID like jumped like threefold after the release of this film or something. That's pretty I was like, oh yeah, those old days where we couldn't tell who was calling us. I, yeah, man. That, But then again, stuff like that, I didn't even think twice about. You know? No. It just yeah. does, it does, there's just this weird, the 90s are such a weird time frame i think for film and for music and for television where everything from the 90s feels so dated where like stuff from the 80s feels still i mean the 80s i mean 80s 70s 60s 30 years before the 90s still can feel more current than stuff that was made in the 90s but and I, I feel like part of that might be because, I mean, obviously we were very young. We were just at the mm-hmm. very end of the 90s. But we were still exposed to a lot of 90s media in our youth. So I think yeah. that kind of changes our perspective because it's like we're more aware of when that was in the st- what that was the style. Okay. And so now returning to it feels different than it would have for those time periods where we never... Went through it the first time around. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. No. That's an interesting. That's an interesting point. I've never actually thought about it that way. I just. I always look at like '90s music, and I'm like, '90s music is pretty garbage. <laughs> like. Yes. I mean, with a few exceptions. I mean, like Nirvana, Foo Fighters, stuff like that. Um, the grunge movement and all of that. Uh, but not even all of grunge is very good. <laughs> So, it's just like, the 90s was just a weird time, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree. I just don't know that it will ever be looked on upon the same as, like, the 80s, which I think is very, very, like, I mean, maybe it's just recently, but it's like an, everything has taken an 80s nostalgia trip. It's like, let's cash in on 80s nostalgia right now. But I think the 90s nostalgia is coming. It's just we haven't quite reached that point yet. We'll see. I don't know. Everything is going to make a comeback at some point. We'll see. The 90s is just so weird, man. We're getting off track. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie is very good. Um, I loved the uh, references to Nightmare on Elm Street. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. I mean, because obviously with Wes Craven, like I, I feel like that line was originally in the script before they even knew Wes Craven was going to direct. But once he did direct, it's like, <laughs> it's just perfect. <laughs> They're like, we gotta keep it in. Let's make it even more brutal towards the series. Now, which ones did he direct in Nightmare on Elm Street? He only directed uh, the original and then New Nightmare. Okay. And the only other one he was involved with was the third one, where he helped uh, create the story. Okay. Um, so he was probably on board for that. He's like, yeah, I made the only good one. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, he made, he made that one. And New Nightmare is also really good. And that was kind of like... I kind of wish I'd put it on the list, but also, you know, like, um, it kind of requires more of a knowledge of, you know, you have to run through the entire Nightmare on Elm Street to get to franchise, to get to the point where you can fully appreciate it. Right. But it is very much kind of like a dry run for Scream 
in that it's deconstructing the nature of slasher movies and, you know, Mm -hmm. how violence in movies affects us or doesn't affect us and, you know, what it means that we idolize these killers, but also, you know, like, it's dealing with all these kind of same uh, ideas and doing the whole meta-textual deconstruction of it, but I think Scream is definitely where he perfects it. Oh my god. What? Oh my god. What? Yes? Yes? Hello? I don't... I don't know if I can watch this movie the same way anymore. Why? Knowing. Did you not know that the one guy played Shaggy? It's Shaggy! Is that what this is? (laughs) It's Shaggy! What? <laughs> what? Yes. Is that weird now when you watch it, knowing that that man is Shaggy? It is weird because uh, Randy always seems more Shaggy-like. So I'm always like, initially, I'm always like, oh yeah, that's the guy who played Shaggy, and I'm like, no, wait, it's the creepy dude. <laughs> So it is kind of weird, but I, 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 I is this is this the new the new uh, tree scene? No, no. <laughs> We're just we don't break talk you. About the tree scene. <laughs> I just I wow, like I thought he looked weirdly familiar, but not Shaggy. <laughs> okay. Alright. Getting back on track. Uh, friends persons in this. Yes. That's a call forward this week, guys. <laughs> when we talk about that in the main episode. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have picked a better friends person, though. Because I really like Courtney Cox. She's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, her character is horrible in this movie. <laughs> like, she's like... She turns around at the end. You're a little... You're a little happy for her. Happy with her, I guess is what I'm looking for. But, uh, she's kind of horrible at the beginning, right? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously intentional, is to kind of make her a more antagonistic force at the beginning and then the ally at the end. And that's, I don't know how much I want to give away for the sequel, but that's something that is continued in the sequel. That kind of, like, dynamic between her and Sydney. As well as, you know, her relationship with Dewey. And, of course, Courtney Cox and David Arquette actually ended up getting married. That's right! After these films. That's David Arquette! (laughs) Yes. My mind is being blown right now. (laughs) Alright, so maybe there is 90s nostalgia. (laughs) Because now I'm like, I know these people. Like, I know all these people. (laughs) But we we also have... Henry Winkler in this film. Yeah, dude. So this film is already, you know, catching on its own nostalgia. Yeah, that, he was, I mean, like, yeah, that was horrible that those kids did that, but he was, like, really harsh. (laughs) Like, like coming at him with scissors and stuff. I'm like, dude, let's calm down, man. Well, I mean, obviously, it's one of those scenes that are just trying to be like, 
he could be a suspect. Yeah. He has I mean, a sharp object. He but... never really thinks that, though, right? No. No. Um, also, I saw, because I have the Blu-ray for this, and I saw Liv Schreiber on the cast list? Yeah, he's... Who, who is it. he? He's uh, Cotton Weary, who is, you know, the man falsely accused of he's, killing Sydney's mom, but he only shows up in, like, news footage for, like, 15 seconds. Was this before Liv Schreiber was a star? It was before he was as big as he is now. Were they just trying to, like, capitalize on that name when they put out the Blu-ray? He comes back. Okay. So they he has a actual, like, significant role in the sequel. Okay. So it's obviously a name they put on after the sequel, then. Probably. Right. Okay. Alright. I can live with that. He's, uh, he's the Sabretooth. He is, yes. Is he, I've never known this. Is he Sabretooth in the first one? No. No. Different that, actor. That makes a lot of sense now. Uh, so Scream. Um, just, yeah, just a lot of fun. This was just a fun movie. You know, other than the grisly deaths. <laughs> Although... But that's part of the yeah, fun. Yeah, it is part of the fun. The one that was, like, really fun <laughs> was the garage door one. <laughs> because that was horrifying. I'm like, I couldn't even imagine. That's, like, some Final Destination stuff. Also, why I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, that one's... I would definitely say is the most, like... It, it's the least plausible of all the kills in this movie because this movie tries to keep much more grounded approach than many slasher films but that one it it breaks it a little bit but it's worth it it's so worth it (laughs) um i loved the idea like oh god i the whole party scene i love i love everything about the whole finale of this movie like the um i love they have a camera in but it's on a 30 second delay and so they're standing outside, like, no, turn around, turn around. <laughs> like, like, they're watching him in the movie. That's just so fun to me. That whole, like, they're in a movie, but they're also, like, in a movie in the movie. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved when he's like, you guys don't know the rules, and he lays down all the rules and all that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> like, his friend says they're right after him. Like, yeah. And then... The way they do that to where you're like, okay, are they going to, like, they set out all these rules. Are they going to follow these rules? Are things going to, or what's going to happen here? Like, they, they set them out. They right, are, are they going to follow it or subvert them? And they end up doing, like, a mixture of both. Yeah, and it's so awesome. Like, you're like, okay, he said he'll be right back. Maybe he's going to die. But then, like, a few seconds later, it's Courtney Cox being like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be right back. Like, or or be back or something like that. And it's like, oh, okay. And then, like, as he's giving the rules, um, uh, Nev Campbell's character, Sydney, she's, like, having sex. Like, she's not, she's, like, not a virgin at that point. And you're like, oh, is she going to be safe? And then it's like, nope. Oh, well, hopefully she was safe. But, (laughs) um. (laughs) Were you, is that what a. What? Never, never mind. I just want to make sure I heard it correctly. 
No, yeah, you heard it correctly. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, is she gonna live through this? All that kind of thing. Because, you know, she broke a rule. So. Mm-hmm. I just love that whole part. <laughs> that's yeah, all, I think that's it's what a I'm very... get through here. It's like a very smart movie, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Who, and, dude, yeah. who wrote this movie? Uh, Kevin Williamson. What else has he written? He wrote, like, the sequels. Well, he wrote he wrote two and four. Okay. He did not write three, and three is noticeably weaker. Okay. So, he's definitely that significant part of how well this movie works. Now, I see now he also wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really like that movie. I haven't seen it. No, it's uh, it was the year after Scream too, huh? Okay. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, this film revitalized the genre, and then there were a bunch of right slash films. Because I just watched this film the other day, Urban Legend, oh. which was very clearly inspired by Scream. It's like it's a killer who's basing all his kills on uh. You know, on classic urban legend stories. I've seen, like, 20 seconds of that movie. But I got way too spooked as a kid and turned it off. It's, it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Like, as kind of like a post-scream, you know, obviously not at that height of scream. But right. as part of that movement of kind of deconstructing while also honoring these slasher tropes. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I liked the uh, janitor named Freddy. That was nice wearing the sweater. Mm-hmm. That was good. That's good. It's a good movie. I liked it a lot. I don't know. I don't so, know what else to say. I do like a big laugh for me, even though it's really not that funny of a scene. But it's it just made me laugh. It was when Dewey's in the party and he's going around. He's like, "I'm gonna take this from you. You're underage." No, nah, I'm just kidding. Go for it. <laughs> that was good. Oh, Dewey. He's the best. He returns in the sequel. Good. I look forward to covering the sequel because a lot of people find the sequel to be even superior to this one. So Really? be interesting to see where you fall on that. How do you... Like, alright, so... So you said three is a drop in quality, two... You're being a little two. Two on. is That's fine. yeah. Two I want to be vague about because okay. we're going to cover it. But two is really solid as well. Like it's very close in quality. I give the edge to this one, but they're very close. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think this is like near the best of the movies we've covered, but it's near my favorite. So, like, that's yeah, the thing. I'm trying try to let everyone know that as we do these episodes. Um, you know, it's more, or as we do the ranked, it's more towards my preferences than um, what actual quality is. So, just want to let that mm-hmm. be out in the open. Uh, so, and, four. Uh, oh, I just wanted to say three oh. real quickly. There's a lot of good, there's some pretty good... Uh, elements to it mm-hmm. like there's one scene in particular that i absolutely love but it is definitely noticeably weaker 
And that's because, presumably, because they had a different writer. And I think the writer they had was the writer of Transformers 3 and 4, so that, that's kind of... But having Wes Craven back as a director, it's not a huge... It, you know, it's right. not a complete loss. Right. And then 4, four gets a very mixed reception, but I'm definitely on the side that I really like it. Like, it's definitely not near the level of the first two, but it has, like, a lot of... It's probably, like, much more, like, meta than... It's it's the most meta of all the films. Like, Perfect. this one is really intent on, like, deconstructing everything, so... Okay. Now, how about that TV show? What TV show? <laughs> <laughs> is that still running? Or did it get cancelled? Or... They're rebooting it. No. They, they no. scrapped the cast and plot line that they had going, and they're getting a new one. No. no. I think Queen Latifah is, like, producing it now no. or something. No. Why? <laughs> I mean, so we'll see. If you haven't been listening to this podcast for a long time, Aaron is a big fan of the Scream TV show. Oh, yeah. Watched both seasons of it. I, I did. That I did. Available on Netflix. For all you interested people, no, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, but like, right. is it connected? I just wanted to ask: Is it connected to the movies at all? No, not in any way. Not in any way. Why no. would they do that when they have such a good like meta horror franchise that they wouldn't take it? All right, Lacey, don't ask me to try to explain <laughs> the thought process behind the TV show. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, a, that's so yeah. where would you rank this this one i've got aaron you're gonna like this i'm just warning you right now i don't know why i'm warning you but it's a warning i've got (laughs) number five uh behind donnie darko right ahead of rear window i yeah I mean, that's even higher than it is on my list. <laughs> I, like, I... That's one that, like, I think might fall as, as like, I think more about it. But right now, just finished watching it. Very high on it. I know I, I didn't make any intelligible points at all about it. But it was just one of those ones that was just a ton of fun to watch. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's one that, like... It's something that, like, I... Something that I would like to write one day, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Like that <laughs> same sort of like comedy horror type. Um, it's just the genre that I'm a big fan of. So. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, because I have it ranked seventh uh, behind Blade Runner ahead of Psycho. Okay. You like it better than the classic one, Aaron, huh? I do. I think Psycho is like the. What? Never mind. Continue. Oh, I was just gonna say I think Psycho is like the objectively <laughs> better quality movie. Right. Yeah. But Scream is, like you said, it's just so much fun. Yeah. It makes it makes it superior in my mind. Like I've said before, I think Psycho is an objective an objectively perfect film. So if we were doing it on that grounds, it 
might be that first and then seven samurai second and then like that kind of thing but right, right. that's not how it's going number we got the graduate at number one so and so next week mm. we will be covering another slasher film the texas chainsaw massacre oh we're already there huh yes october's i know we're only eight days in but it feels like it's going by way too quickly it it does But with the release of Leatherface on the horizon, mm. we're going to be looking at the original. It, sorry. Hmm? I said I'm not going to watch Leatherface. Sorry. I don't blame you. <laughs> I haven't seen any other ones. Oh, so let me get this straight. We're watching the Michael Bay version tomorrow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right, next. I just want to be clear with everyone. We're not watching the Michael Bay. I think you just produced it, right? Yeah, he didn't yeah. direct it. Okay, so we're not watching that. We're watching the the to how do you pronounce the name? Tobe Hooper, Toby. Mm-hmm. We're watching that that one. Oh. Yes, of course. O- of course. Oh, you don't like the Michael Bay one? Are we- I honestly haven't seen it yet. Oh, you need to watch it before next week. Have you seen it? No. But oh. you need to watch it before next week so I can ask you about the sequels, like I always do with all of these movies. <laughs> yes, I've only seen like half of the Texas Chainsaw franchise, so that's all right. You know, you, I'll let I'll let it slide. You don't have to watch it. <laughs> all right, so look forward to that. If you want to find us around the web, you can find Lacey at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. You want to find David. From the main podcast around the web, you can find him at dbex15 on Twitter. dbex with two S's. You want to find me around the web, you can find me at littleflamedude on Twitter. Find me at this clever blog name is already taken. Tumblr.com. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 review is up. Oh yeah. And The Night X Came Home Volume 2 is underway. I've talked about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3. Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. And Troll 3. So. Troll 3. I didn't even know there was a Troll 3 until you, until you wrote that. As I, when I saw that, I was like, wait, no. No. <laughs> they made another. Why would they do that? They did. And if you want to find the main podcast around the web, you can find us at Reboot Already On on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a good review if you like what we say. So until next time, then. Don't think it. Don't say it. Because those are the rules. (laughs) Bye-bye, man. (laughs) We're crossing streets.